everybody. Welcome to the Early Robin Gets the Worm podcast. Today is a very exciting occasion because it's been a long time coming, but I have my good friend Chloe on the podcast. Chloe, thank you so much for being here and making this happen with me. You're welcome. Wish I had the best friend title, but I guess I'm working up to that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see after this podcast. It's an interview for a reason. I don't know. Um, So to explain the setting to the listeners, Chloe and I are in my studio apartment, um, which will account for all the strange noises that you might hear throughout this episode because of construction outside my building and my noisy neighbors and my noisy kitchen. So yeah. Please bear with us, but this will be um, the beginning stages of my podcasting career. (laughs) Um, Chloe, we have just come back from winter break. We're recording this at the beginning of January. Mm -hmm. Um, How did you spend it? Where did you go? Um, I went back to a charming little place called Ohio (laughs) (laughs) that my hometown is in, very small town, um, and I spent it with my family, so not too much excitement, um, but it was always good, yeah. just my family, my dog. Yeah, oh yeah, your dog, wait, what's your dog's name? What? <laughs> <laughs> what's not like a cute name? It kind of is. What? Her name's Soda Pup. <laughs> okay. That's story. really cute. Okay. Don't even try. No, soda pop, because like soda pop, right? Yeah. I think it's cute. I really do. It's cute. <laughs> I think it fits her weirdly. But I wanted to call her liquor when I was younger because she licked a lot. But I didn't know what liquor was. I that okay. it was alcohol. Yeah. Um, and my family was really against that and I couldn't process that. <laughs> um and then soda pup is somehow a reference to Seinfeld. I've never is understood it? it, but really? Yeah, it's cute. Yeah, but I'm excited to be back, and um, I'm sure you are too, to just be back in the groove of things. It's interesting because this is your first, like, quarterback after a while doing normal classes in school, mm-hmm. and that would be because, can you tell the listeners <laughs> where you were spending your time last quarter in the fall? Last quarter, I was in Argentina in a small area in Patagonia on the coast. So it was kind of like a little desert. Um, and I was doing field work on a penguin colony there. Yeah. It's still like so crazy that you say those words out loud. I can't believe it, truly. Does it, does it ever get old for you? No, it definitely doesn't. I think it gets old for everyone around me. Like, I think no, at this point, everyone's like, we did it. You went to Argentina. No, I don't think so. I still talk about it to people. My friend, like my <laughs> environmental <laughs> sciences friend, she's in she's in Argentina, like studying penguins. I have had like a lot of friends tell me that they showed like pictures to oh, their family yeah. and stuff. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Like even my friends who don't really know you, like <laughs> say they like brag about you to people because they're like, she's so cool. We're all just like in Seattle living our lives. No. Our mediocre lives. No. Well, I'm back now. Yeah. Since this is my first time in classes since June. Wow. Wow. That's like seven months. Yeah. It feels oh weird. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, so you, like I mentioned, are studying like environmental sciences. Is that the name of the major? I always forget it. Yes. Technically, it's environmental science and resource management. Oh, I did not do my research. Yeah, that's really Not for my guests. Um, <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Strike one. <laughs> uh, but 
Hmm. So you've always, I know from like knowing you that you've always kind of been interested in the environment. Is that true? Like, did you know growing up that like that was the kind of thing you wanted to do? I would say since like the latter half of high school, I knew that I like actually wanted to do something with that. Okay. Because I didn't even know it was an option to do environment stuff for a job uh, um, yeah. until then. Yeah. But I've always loved the outdoors and like being outside and hiking and this is mm. probably verbatim what every environmental science major <laughs> will tell you but no I always loved going outside and doing a lot of stuff yeah. but also my family wasn't super into doing outdoorsy things so it's kind of oh. weird that I landed here but oh yeah but I think that's really cool I think so too. And to be fair, in Ohio, I'm guessing there's not too much <laughs> you know amazing Don't nature to say that about Ohio. <laughs> oh. No, I completely agree. Ohio is. I'm sorry for any Ohioans <laughs> that are listening, but I'm. I love Ohio. There's a lot of things that I love about it. Yeah. The nature there is not on that list, <laughs> but I definitely think like moving to a place like Seattle. Wait, do they know you're in Seattle? We're in Seattle, everybody. We're in Seattle, everyone. <laughs> um, I didn't want to, like, out your location. <laughs> you get stalked. It's all good. Hey, I will say, it's been really fun for me to, like, do a podcast that I, like, publicly post about and stuff. But I've been kind of freaked out recently because I don't know if it's directly correlated. But over the break, my credit card had definitely been compromised. <gasps> and I'm getting all kinds of, like, weird emails now. Oh, um, my God. Yeah, and I don't know if it's because of the podcast. But I don't know. It's, like, a consequence I'm willing to face. But <laughs> it's definitely... Yeah, I mean... <laughs> identity theft is a consequence. I mean, like, I love... This sounds really terrible. I'd much rather... <laughs> Yeah, say it. I'd much rather my credit card be compromised and I fix it with Chase than my Instagram account for this podcast be hacked. Because that is how much I love like this project of mine. That <laughs> if somebody directly like messed with it, I would feel very protective. Whereas my fi- finances, I'm like, yeah, I can fix this. I can, I can earn that money back. <laughs> This is the most insane thing ever. I love that you love the podcast this much. Oh my god! From my like one hundred follower account, I'm like, I take my money instead. Risk my life for that account. It's true. It's true. I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay, anyone listening, don't mess with Rob. (laughs) Don't mess with Texas. But yeah, so um, Ohio, not super scenic. But yeah, so I wasn't super into it as like a really little kid mm-hmm. in terms of like I would go on hikes every weekend or something yeah, like that. Yeah. But I did like always love to play sports outside uh-huh. and I feel like that started me liking to be active outside mm-hmm. and then kind of developed into in high school I started to get into like environmental cloud yeah, yeah. and like recycling and I learned about all the different things going on in the environment right now mm. and it made me want to pursue it further well I really like that because I feel like passions like tend to be like you get there like kind of one like dent at a time almost like because probably a lot of people could be like oh I love going outside I love hiking and stuff but then you realize like oh but I love like a little bit more about like this aspect and I think it's really cool like you were saying you didn't even realize maybe it could be a full-fledged career but now here you are and um, we've talked about this a lot but I feel like it would just be like really mental for you know freshman Chloe and Robin to hear even this very episode. Like the yeah. fact that 
you just spent like months in literally Argentina, <laughs> like South America, studying penguins because even the thing about like coming to Seattle for school, like you could have very easily and probably at like much less of like financial cost, like stayed close to home. Mm-hmm. But I'm really proud of you personally that like you've come out to Seattle and I think you've had like a really good experience and like getting to throw yourself into like all the environmental stuff. I don't know. Thank you. Yeah, it's been literally so crazy. I think the biggest thing was like the decision to come out to Seattle because that kind of showed me like, all right, the biggest, scariest thing you ever thought you could do in your life is leave home Mm -hmm. and be like thousands of miles away from everyone you know and all of that stuff. And then jumping over that Mm -hmm. and finally like making it over and realizing, oh, this is amazing. This has done so much for my life. Like that kind of showed me that like anything that's super scary and big and I don't know things that I don't think I'm capable of like you're probably capable of if you just like trust it yes and I feel like that's why I was able to like go to Argentina and Costa Rica Uh, and like do all these things because that's those are all scary things but when you like trust in how it's going to turn out then I don't know I feel like it makes it a lot easier that reminds me of something a wise person once said, um, named Chloe, uh, like okay. about talking about like building trust with yourself. Oh. Um, I don't want to like butcher your philosophy on it, but really like you've said that to me in the past, like you've just been learning about like um, establishing trust with yourself. And ever since you've said that, I constantly think about it. Like that's, that's a really deep thing. Like if you show yourself that you can or are willing to do certain things that maybe are uncomfortable or you don't believe that you can do um you're sort of almost like a role model for your own self you can look back on that and be like well if i made the big move then i know i can like handle this like maybe smaller problem or the next big thing that's not far off dude totally that's like my life motto uh, is like build trust with yourself because like as long as you're keeping your promises to yourself and following through with them, even if it's like on a daily basis, like I'm going to make my bed every morning mm-hmm. or something like that, you're like showing yourself that there's like a responsibility that you're willing to take for your own life. Uh, and I feel like like making a commitment or trying something new, like deciding to go somewhere that you've never been or deciding to take a job that you don't really know if you're qualified for or yeah. are a little intimidated by. I feel like doing that seeing what could possibly happen if it goes wrong at least you followed through with it yeah and attempted it and if it goes right then i mean higher risk higher reward in that yes. sense oh my gosh so good yeah. i was listening so um <laughs> one of the podcasts that you've recommended me now i'm i love my comfort show smartless yes jason bateman will arnett sean hayes the best uh it really is i was listening to it um yesterday and i think it was i think it's the ryan reynolds episode not that that really matters but i just had to say it does and, um and i think he said something like uh to be great at something you have to be willing to like also be bad at it and to be honest i don't fully i haven't fully processed that yet but i know that it has good stuff and i feel like that's <laughs> kind of related to what we're saying Definitely. like yeah you have to be willing to fail otherwise like i don't know you'll never You'll never, like, build up the muscle memory to be able to go over the next hurdle. Yeah, and, like, even more than that, I feel like fail is such a, like, 
hard word to get yourself to like come around to you know mm-hmm. like it's hard to be like oh I'm gonna fail at this but it'll be good for me you know yeah, yeah. like I feel like just looking at it as trying to do things and seeing what mm-hmm. ends up working for you and what doesn't it's like okay whatever serves me I'm gonna continue to do and yeah. I'm gonna continue to try new things and see if they work as well yeah but failing is just such a weird word because it's like it implies that like you've disappointed yourself somehow or there's been like something that's like a letdown in that yeah I don't think it has to be that way that's true I don't know you can definitely like do things that are that have gone poorly or that have like set you back but that's just an attempt that didn't work Hmm. I don't know. That's a good way to think about it. Well, kind of putting you on the spot. But, like, do you think... Would you be able to think of another way? Would, how would you reword it if you were to, like, have kind of that inner dialogue, right? Hmm. I know it's a hard question. Like, I, you did say, like, kind of attempts that you learn from. Mm-hmm. But... I don't know. I think it's just looking at it as opportunities. Mm-hmm. And, like... Like, if it's opening doors or closing doors for you. And not, like, in a professional sense, the way that, like, people use that normally. But, like, opening doors in terms of, like, like, let me try to think of an example. Okay, like, say you start a new class and you're meeting people mm-hmm. in that class and you think it's going to be a little difficult. And ideally, you'd like to have a study buddy. Right. But you don't know anyone there. Mm-hmm. What's going to open doors and what's going to close doors? If... You're walking into that classroom every day, AirPods in, uh, wow. sitting down, not talking to anybody, not making any effort. That's closing doors for you and probably mm-hmm. going to set you back in a way that if you instead walked in there, you know, sat next to someone, somehow started a conversation and said, I like your shoes or, yes. wow, this professor is weird. Something. <laughs> uh, that opens doors. And uh, sometimes yes. it doesn't work out, but... It's okay that it doesn't work out. It's you're still learning stuff from that interaction. Like maybe you're like, yeah. oh, I shouldn't talk about shoes anymore. Some people are sensitive. <laughs> uh, no, I love that. I I don't know. I feel like you know the mantra like you reap what you sow. I don't think that's what they were trying to say, but that's kind of the way I think about it. Like if you are um, in quotes like sowing, right? Like mm-hmm. all these different seeds. Yeah, not all of them are gonna land. Not all of them are gonna bloom. But like. It's also better than not having done that at all because some might like turn something up. You might get a study buddy, you might get a friend, yeah. you might have an opportunity. Um, so I really love that. But uh, mainly, <laughs> what I wanted to pick your brain about was obviously like this amazing experience that you had going to like Patagonia, you know, and <laughs> and doing field work. Um, but obviously that was no like typical situation, not just geographically, but also could you talk about what the basic like living condition was like how was your sleeping situation eating all the things okay so basically this it was kind of a nice field job in the sense that we had a house and like a lot of field jobs you like camp out for or like they're really rugged conditions long term sometimes like for the amount of time I was there yeah like you can be camping out for like six to eight weeks oh my gosh yeah which I'm scared of, so I don't know if I'd be able to do that or not, but maybe. Um, but our situation was there were these houses on site, and um, half of it is split with other workers at the colony um, that, like, 
grade the roads, like keep them level because they're gravel to get there. Um, and there's it's like a big tourist place, so a lot of tourists have to be able to drive their cars into there. So they split the other half of the house, but our half was like two bedrooms. It was a big like concrete house, basically. Yeah. Really like bare bones kitchen. Um, and like there was, you know, a faucet that dripped every night. <laughs> and like you just hear yeah. the constant like drip, drip, oh. drip. And you know what? Like, that got normal, I guess. Yeah. Lulls you to sleep every day. Mm -hmm. That's like a podcast. Um, Yeah. And then there was Wi-Fi that was apparently the best it's ever been. And it was pretty good. I was expecting no Wi-Fi, but I could at least get it if I went into the bathroom, which was good. Oh. Uh, Interesting. (laughs) And then, yeah, we had to, like, buy, um, like, gallon, five-gallon water bottles and stuff to drink out of because the water was like questionable Hmm. um so anyways that was like the house um and then we like went down into the field every day from there okay so food wise i know i've asked you this before but remind me so did you didn't have like a refrigerator or anything right oh yeah um no there's no refrigerator what we did is since they were concrete floors they tended to stay the coldest Uh So we just put all our groceries on the floor in the corner that didn't get a lot of sunlight so that it didn't spoil stuff. So like all of our fruit would be in like a crate and like vegetables and stuff too, which obviously didn't last for super long. And when you're down there, it's in kind of a remote area. So whatever produce you can get is like, yeah, you know, you just have to go with it. So it's not like they were in like great condition or anything, but we made it work. Um, And then... Yeah, like, I don't eat any of the things that would have spoiled, but, the like, milk and cheese and stuff, and the eggs were, like, all just, like, on the ground. But everyone, yeah, just made it work, which, that's another building trust thing where I was like, wow, I've never been in a situation like this, but you just got to go with it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, did that teach you anything about, like, contentment? I feel like... That's what I would imagine, you know, just like, because I feel like when you're in Seattle, right, you're so surrounded by so many resources, like I can get whatever kind of food I want if I wanted to, whereas there, like, I'm guessing your food range was pretty limited. Yeah, and also like, okay, literally my lunch, don't hate me for this, it would literally be like half of a can of some beans Uh with, um, sometimes I would cut up like tomato and put like some dried basil like seasoning on it and like I don't know like salt and pepper or something and I was like in love with that I was like this is the definition of excellence like this is the (laughs) best meal I've ever had and like I've literally thought about buying like the exact beans I got (laughs) because they're like in Argentina so they're not like you can't get them easily in America but I thought about like purchasing them just to replicate how good those meals were do you think it's because you felt like oh I don't I mean like this is the best thing I could get here like is it almost nostalgic if that makes sense I don't know I maybe I feel like also what made it taste good is just how hard we were working so it was like probably anything would have been that good yeah but no like going back to what you were asking about contentment like Mm. I think it taught me just how many luxuries there are Mm. because oh this is the other part like uh the shower situation was unique um (laughs) (laughs) unique 
Yeah. Like, okay. Also, don't hate me for this, guys. <laughs> We're going to give a trigger warning to the yeah. audience. <laughs> this is like TMI. Um, but we all like only showered like once, maybe twice a week. I mean, that yeah. makes sense though. And I feel like time-wise too, we probably didn't have a oh, lot. yeah. Totally. And like, you know, water is scarce there. So whatever water yeah. you're using, you have to be really conscious. So like... Yeah, I think I took eight showers in six weeks or something. Six weeks is how long you were there? Yeah. Okay. So um, that also was like a thing where I was like, wow, the shower is so nice mm-hmm. when I was like using it. But I was also like, wow, I don't. Okay. <laughs> All right. You don't feel the need to shower no. anymore. <laughs> That's what she learned from no, Argentina. I'm saying that it's kind of a luxury. Yeah. And especially people who take really, really long showers mm-hmm. and like, it just isn't necessary yeah. to do that. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. And like, so there's just way more things that I learned there about like, okay, I could be content sharing a room with someone for six weeks and mm. like have it be the best sleep of my life because uh, I'm so tired. Like, exactly. Yeah. It's, so. it's all about this. I mean, I don't know if like the phrase like quality over quantity counts here, but I feel like, you know, it's, it's so different. Like, like going even to the shower, like, situation, right? Like, let's say I took a 20-minute shower, which is very long, like, probably spends a lot of water, mm-hmm. and probably, like, be like, okay, like, that was nice, I guess. Mm-hmm. Whereas I have a very vivid and random memory coming back to me, but, like, being in California, my sisters and I were at the beach, and there were, I think, maybe we were camping or something. Mm-hmm. So the only shower we had access to was, like, the gross public one that, like, oh. at the beach where, you know, it's, like, sandy and stuff. And you have to pay, I don't know, a quarter per minute. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, like, that felt, like, so much more rewarding when it was, like, my sisters and I were making sure to, like, be timely with how we were using the water. Mm-hmm. And we were, like, okay, like, we get to, like, wash off our bodies or swimsuits or whatever. Um, so, like, very, very random and, like, drawn-out example, but it does kind of put into perspective, like, your context, I think, really defines the value you put on stuff. Yeah. I honestly, Chloe, don't think you would have cared so much about beans if I just, like, served that to you today. I, yeah. Or, like, before your experience. But when you were there, like you were saying, like, you're so tired, I'm sure any food tastes, like, a million yeah. times more rewarding, you know? Yeah, it just, like, felt more in tune with, like, what your body needs and stuff, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, even the shower situation, like, thinking about that is, like, you know, it's nice to shower every day mm-hmm. and it's nice that we have that ability, but also like realistically, you don't need that and your mm-hmm. body wasn't really built to have that type mm-hmm. of regimen anyways. So mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. It was cool to like learn all that about myself because obviously yeah. I would have never not showered for a week <laughs> in our society you just tell us like hey i'm just doing a personal development <laughs> test and nobody would support you literally everyone you like, don't have the space for that <laughs> i know that would have been bad no but that's interesting i mean like it teaches i think the cool thing is it teaches you like okay you can live without it and like be acceptable to other human beings and yeah but it's not to say that that's, like, what you should come back and do. But yeah. it's nice to know that, like, you can survive. And now it's, like, an added luxury, like, to be thankful for that you get to do that, like, more often. Yeah. <laughs> or, it, like, have nicer foods or something. Totally. It's, like, such a reminder of, like, what your body is actually capable of. Because mm. you get into such a routine, like, when you're in a certain place for so long that you 
don't realize like, oh, maybe this is something that like I don't really need to be doing. Yeah. You know? Um, and I would say like before I went down there, there was a lot of things where I was like, I don't know, probably doing them and thinking that it was so important, like using a cleanser on my face and oh, a moisturizer yeah. and everything. Oh. And it's like when you're down there, you're not doing that, but you still survive and you do fine and it's right. a good life. So Well, beggars can't be choosers, right? Mm-hmm. Like, And then, yeah, luxuries like moisturizing or cleaning and stuff. Yeah. But even that, like I know I've gotten picky in the past, like, well, now I have the whole option, like the whole internet of options and now I could get so in the weeds, like spend hours researching what's the yeah. best product for me. But in the end, like I'll probably be very happy to have like anything that helps me out. Okay, wait, you can cut this. Definitely. But um, there is something that came up in my philosophy class the other day that someone was talking about, how they were saying that, like, there's this thing that's, like, referred to as human indecision. And it's, like, how much, um, how many choices we have right now that we, like, never had before um, and never had a hard time making a decision about Mm. because people used to be, like, have, like, a spirituality that guided them or a certain like moral compass that was so well defined but right now in society like everyone's very individualistic and doesn't abide by like some sort of widespread guideline right. so making decisions is so much harder and more complex more wow. than it's ever been for humans so like we spend like hours researching and looking at reviews about yeah. something and yes. oh my gosh it's just like such a like it stunts your growth in such a way that, I don't know, you don't realize how long you've been asking about whether you should buy this phone charger or not, but yes. you look it up for, like, hours. Oh it's my crazy. Gosh, it's so true. Like, I, I don't want to cut this. I, like, I seriously <laughs> have been thinking about this, like, even before things like Amazon became so, like, huge and streamlined and stuff, like... In a way, for some reason, even though I had less choice, it was more satisfying to go to the store and be like, oh, I need this. It's between this brand or this brand. Yes. Like, let's say a phone charger versus now I could spend, I could go into such a rabbit hole looking at like all the reviews and like, oh, I saw this one bad one star. So I'm going to, they're probably a troll to be honest, but then like, I'm going to look at my 50,000 other options. Oh, and what color do I want? What like length and stuff. Whereas like. You make do with other things. Yeah, because it's like, even though you have more control, you have way less freedom about it. Yeah. Which is so messed up. And your stuff owns you. You don't own it. A hundred percent. Crazy. It's like, I'm dedicating so much of my time, which is like directly tied to my well-being, looking up about this phone charger and all mm-hmm. of these things. And it's like, there's so much more life to live than doing that yeah, you know yeah. and really what difference does it make it's the most minimal thing ever the phone charger is probably gonna break in a month anyways honestly. it's probably not made amazing so honestly i don't know that's oh it's really crazy i think maybe veering off a little bit but i think like on a practical application side i've been thinking sometimes like a great like not actually gift, but kind of gift in life that you can give to people is like giving them not choices as in saying like, you choose the movie tonight. It could be anything, but being like, Hey, I actually, I've been thinking to watch like one of these two movies. Like, what do you think? And I think that can actually like be really, really a gift to the people around you because I think people would rather that than just 
I have all the options in the world. It's on me to like choose the right like thing. Yes. It's like the Trader Joe's mindset where like you only, (laughs) you walk into Trader Joe's and you see bread and there's like five options for bread versus like a big grocery store. There's like 20 or something. Yes. And it's like, okay, Trader Joe's made the decision for you. You're going to want to buy bread there. So which one are you picking? There's only a couple options. Yes. That's so much nicer, I think. Yeah. Yeah. How did this relate to Argentina? I don't remember. Oh, luxuries. Luxuries. (laughs) Yeah. I know. I was like, uh uh-oh. Oh, no. (laughs) Puts a lot of things into perspective. But, hmm. like, obviously you learned a lot, right? But would you say there was something that was, like, the most challenging part of it i don't know if that would be physically or like mentally like what you had to live without or live with i don't know Hmm. i think just i remember the first week that i was there and like basically the seventh day of just straight work which we haven't really talked about like what Mm. the work was like but it was like like 10 hour days every day of the week no days off and stuff not even sunday or anything no no like no weekends nothing oh my gosh so it was just like the hardest i'd ever worked in my life and um it was like once i hit that seventh day i think my body realized like oh this has been a full week and we've been doing a lot every single day and it's like you're walking i don't know anywhere from like four to ten miles in the day so it's like four to ten wow yeah, it was a big range, but um, yeah, four being the minimum. I don't know. I'm a little lazy, so it's like four. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it was definitely yeah a good amount of movement and stuff. So by the end of that like seventh day, I remember waking up in the eighth day at like six a.m. and being like, "Oh my god, I'm so tired." Yeah. And I came to the like kitchen table in the morning and one of the other researchers was like, you're doing the thousand yard stare right now. <laughs> um, what's going on? And I was like, oh, I don't know. I'm just tired. And he was like, yeah, I know. Me too. So I think it was hard realizing and and like trying to figure out if I could possibly do this for the entire time. I was going to say that I feel like would feel pretty like... <laughs> almost like doom like a sense of doom like okay this is day seven out of like what 42 or something yeah like there's so much more ahead of me and no breaks dude seriously i was scared i was like i didn't know what to expect i didn't know if every day would be like that or if like just the beginning of us Mm. being there was really intense every day did end up being like that and like there was even harder work that came up throughout the season but it was definitely the most gratifying to realize oh my god I could do this if I had to like this is something that I'm capable of that in no other context would I have been exposed to right right. so that was definitely the most challenging it's just like talking myself through it yeah you know but but now you've accomplished that and then we look back and in like two seconds be like yeah I worked hard in Argentina for six weeks you know and like yeah that's so crazy that's just something part of your past but I feel like that's kind of what you were talking about, like establishing trust with yourself, because, you know, I imagine if there's something else that comes up, you know, in your life and then um, it seems really hard, but then you can say, but I also did this thing, you know, like overseas, at, like how hard can something else be? You're like, I know I at least I'm capable of it. I know. Literally what I've been telling myself on my runs recently is oh. like, I worked for 10 hours every day. I can finish this run, yeah. you wow. know? It, 
<laughs> what got me kind of thinking, do you know how like people say like, supposedly we, like our brains were only using like 10% of it or something? Oh, yeah. What you were saying about like the bodies and our capacity, I wonder that now. Like especially in this like very like groomed or spoiled society we have now where like I don't even if I didn't want to I don't need to ever lift a finger to go grocery shopping I can tap it all on my phone and get it delivered straight to my doorstep um so now I wonder especially in this day and age like how much are we not doing with our bodies that we could and like yeah I don't know like what potential are we missing like what kind of experiences are out there that we're just telling ourselves I could never because the most I'd ever done is, you know, X, Y, Z. Robin, stop. This is like literally, I could talk about this for many days. Existential crisis. Seriously. Number 52. (laughs) But like, it's so true. And like, when you look at how indigenous tribes lived and like, there's been so many studies on like how many hours of the week they actually spent per person Mm -hmm. working. And I think it was the Kalahari tribe. Um, in Australia, I oh, believe. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> That's embarrassing. My uh, audience is highly academic. Stop. <laughs> but literally, they spent, like, a cumulative 12 hours a week per person working. And you think about that versus our 40-hour work weeks. And it's like, like, they were spending 12 hours to sustain their life, to survive, and to have leisure time. Mm-hmm. Whereas we're, like, working for such a high percentage of the amount of time we're awake on earth Mm -hmm. just to be able to preserve our livelihood and like stock up in our like metaphorical refrigerator and keep you know everything going it's just crazy i i don't like it. no i know (laughs) and it's gonna take even if we started at this second like as a society it would take probably hundreds of years to get away from that culture yeah but it is wild. I've been thinking about this. I know it seems like maybe like reckless or irresponsible to kind of say out loud the mindset of like, well, as long as you have what you need at the end of the day, you can kind of live day to day like that. But sometimes I feel like that's true. Like there's so much value in investing. But at the end of the day, um, if you've like gotten enough so that you could have a meal on the table and if you could spend time with the people you love and like do something that makes you happy... Uh, isn't that what people work like 40 years for so that they could do when they're 60 right exactly and it's like what is giving your life meaning in the meantime like what are you stocking up for like are you still having a good life because if every single hour of your day is either working thinking about work or thinking about how tired you are from work Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. then what is your life it's work it's literally just (sighs) work and it's like why are you I know why we're doing it right now because, like, society, like, you have to to survive. Yeah, yeah. But also, it doesn't have to be that way. And I feel like every single person knows that mm-hmm. and just we don't have an answer. Like, how do we get away from that, you know? But I do think it's important what you said about, like, how you define a happy life because I wonder, I think we might be biased because I feel like for both of us, like, I don't know, like, there, I don't, <laughs> maybe, like, simpler definitions of happiness, right? Like, we don't need, like, mm-hmm. like, oh, an amazing car and an amazing, like, house or, like, mansion on a hill in some yeah. amazing city. It's, like, um, maybe, like, <laughs> more simple things than that. But, you know, I guess for some people, maybe that is what they want. That's a good point. But, but I feel like, okay, I'm super biased, guys. <laughs> but I feel like people who strive to get, like, 
you know, a good amount of wealth to be able to afford to do those things. Mm -hmm. Like the reason that you do that is still for the same underlying reasons of like filling your cup with like being able to spend time with your family finally or being able to make sure that you can feed yourself what you want to feed yourself Mm -hmm. or, you know, all of these things that are very basic human needs. It's just like the way that we've been taught to be able to achieve them is like you have to continually Mm. keep doing this and grinding and being the most like amazing at this skill and you know if you're like if someone asks you what your hobbies are and you tell them something that's not a productive thing or something that makes you money it's like constantly look down upon and it's like oh maybe someone wants to create art or maybe someone (sighs) really finds meaning in just sitting and staring at the wall you know (laughs) like who is anyone you speak from personal experience yeah well that's mine (laughs) (laughs) i yeah i i think like a lot of it is kind of like that insecurity too like oh but i need a fallback i need a plan b but it is it does feel somewhat disproportionate like yeah I totally get that which is why like I'm I don't know like I'm going into the military like I'm Mm -hmm. doing something that I know like has a structure and has security but at the same time it's like well at what cost like if it's something that you're really miserable in you're gonna spend like more than half your life like working on something just so you have a fallback like I think yeah when you have enough you have enough you know but that's definitely a mindset that needs to be unlearned and then like relearned in a different way yeah yeah because i'm yeah like we're not saying don't work or don't do things that are challenging or that aren't what you're happy with it's just that like you know manage that in a way like reel it in a little bit and take stock of what your life is right now and you know Mm -hmm. it's always okay to reevaluate there's always time to do stuff and yeah that's coming definitely from a privileged point of view where I'm Mm -hmm. like probably if I took a couple weeks to decide on something I'd be okay because of what I have stocked up and stuff but at the same time I just feel like that's what we kind of all need you know it's just a breather and then like reprioritize yeah or at least like consider it an option i feel like a lot so many people are like so stuck in the groove of you know just how we've always been thinking that there's no like there's not even i feel like even things i could think i think recently it's gotten less of a stigma but i feel like even when i was in high school somebody saying oh i want to take a gap year before college like in the long in the grand scheme of things that's one year like yeah a blip in your life but i just literally like have a memory of one teacher telling one of my friends who was taking a gap year and he's doing great now but mm-hmm. she was like well you better be careful because if you stop now like you, it's going to be very hard to get into college and he's mm-hmm. at Berkeley you know and like <laughs> so he's oh doing fine god. but like it's just it's just like oh my gosh you know well and it's also like if you stop now it will be so much harder it's like well maybe then that person was meant to not do that like mm-hmm. maybe you aren't you don't have to keep grinding your whole life in the same thing that everyone's telling you you have to do. Like maybe, like, I'm glad that he went to college and Mm -hmm. realized, like, Mm -hmm. oh, this is what I wanted to do, and that was good for me. But, I mean, you know, like, I I remember thinking a gap year was, like, such a crazy thing, and I could never do that. Like, it's not for me. Me too. Um, But thinking about it now, yeah, like... Oh my god, I would almost encourage everyone to take a gap year. I would definitely encourage. (laughs) I used to think the same, but now I think in that sense, like I've become a very much more um, 
much more like free-flowing person as opposed to like when I came into college I think I had a very narrow view of like you have to check off each box in this order to achieve like a certain goal yeah but now I'm like you really got to feed yourself first I think that's where everything starts like you have to have a full spirit before you can like put your heart into anything yeah um apply yourself and I think well speaking of all this stuff of like career and things I think a nice like compromise and if you're lucky enough you can find this thing in your life I think it would be such a privilege to like have a job that you all also really love like you work hard at it but you also love it through and so yeah I don't know like I guess I would wonder what that is for you I know for me (laughs) seems a little bit far off and probably not realistic right now but like my dream as it stands on January 7th, 2023, yeah. is, um, you know, like, I'd love to do, like, the podcast for a living. I'd love to do, and, like, I feel like I would never, it sounds cliche, but I would never work a day in my life if this is all I did. Yeah. Even though I'd be, like, busting my butt probably a lot more than I would. Totally. Even, like, doing a traditional job, but I don't know. I think that, but that definitely isn't, like, something everybody gets to enjoy. Um Yeah. It's, it's a privilege, but I think if you could have that, it's so awesome. No, I fully support that. I want you to do the podcast forever <laughs> and to be able to make money and sustain yourself off of it. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it's also just like enough money. Like I don't need yeah. to be, I don't need to be some like famous person, but if I have enough to like achieve my goals of like, you know, getting to see places around the world and talk to people, which is so cheap, of course, but like, <laughs> you know, but I'd be happy. Oh my God, same. Like I don't want to be famous or rich, but I want... <laughs> Like, enough money, and yeah. obviously everyone's definition of enough is different. But, yeah. you know, just enough to be able to afford the things that you want to do, but also just not too much. For you, what would be your, what would be a job maybe that doesn't feel like a job? Do you feel like you're on path to go there? I think so. I When I was in Argentina, and, like, every single day was, like, working with penguins, like, handling them, like, being able to, like, see the actual, like, tangible impact of what I was doing that was just like apex of everything like I was like that is the coolest thing ever most gratifying experience and then like later in the season when you got to see like penguins that had been sitting on their eggs you got to see the chicks (gasps) hatch like it was just the most amazing thing ever so I think something where I'm like in the field Mm -hmm. doing stuff with my hands you know like actually like feeling the impact of it that's like my dream you know like I I would love of course to do something with like policy where I'm making an impact on a grand scale and stuff and Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say that's out of what I'm like imagining my life turning into but I don't know nothing beats being in the field Mm -hmm. I like even have that I had like an internship at a forest Mm -hmm. last summer like before this summer was that Rainier National Park no, it was close to Mount Rainier, oh, okay. but it was like Pack Forest. It's a oh, okay. UW University of Washington <laughs> affiliated forest. Um, and it was like such an amazing experience because every single day we were going out, we were touching trees, we were measuring them, we were like getting all the data that we needed. And it was for the benefit of like a long term study on like their health and like their growth and all this stuff. All that to say that. That was, like, the most amazing summer of my life. Uh, I just love doing that type of stuff. So anything like that is kind of my dream. But I don't have, like, a narrow one, and I don't really want to have, like, a specific thing that I'm going for because I feel like 
opening and closing doors, I feel like that would close me off from things that I can never imagine would be this cool. Right. I think it's cool when they like close for themselves or open for themselves rather than you saying like, I have to be in this specific location, this specific group or lab or whatever. Totally. Um, But yeah, I think it's really cool because then like if you have that bigger scope of this is the idea of like what I love or this is the the general premise, I guess, Mm -hmm. um, then I think I would imagine that could like make you a lot more able to be content in more situations than, well, I would really wish I had ended up with this team or something. I think so. Because, I mean, every cool thing that I've like gotten to experience has kind of been out of this weird, spontaneous thing mm. that just pops up, you mm. know? Like, the reason I was able to go down to Argentina is the lab I was working in needed another field person to go down. And I was like, hey, like, I'd love to go. Yeah. And they were like, we'd love for you to go um and like it's just like things like that or like the forest that was like my last option for an internship that Mm. summer it was I think I literally got it in May and it started in June or something and I was like uh I don't know if I want to go live in a forest with four people I don't know Mm. for like the entire summer and work with that same group all that stuff never had done that before and it was Literally the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Just taking those chances. Yeah. Oh, taking chances. That's huge. I love and it. I feel like I'm so glad that, like, those ended up being positive experiences for you. But, like, I don't know, not to be a downer, but for you and for me and for anybody, probably in the future there will be, like, misses. There will be lows or experiences that were not ideal. Yeah. But I think, like you were saying, those are more valuable, I'd argue, than nothing because then at least you know, like, what to avoid or, like, you'll get smarter from that um or you'll know I don't know just like what to expect oh my god totally I mean that same summer one of my best friends from back home Kate she had this internship that sounded pretty cool like on paper and she was really excited about it and it was in Utah which was in like a really cool area but it turned out to be like not what she expected and um not what I expected Mm -hmm. for it either so I think she learned a lot from that, too, and learned a lot about, like, how to look for the type of job that she likes and stuff. So I feel like that was just as valuable as my experience of, like, really liking mine. Yeah, yeah. I I really don't think an experience is wasted. Um, I was thinking about this yesterday, but I was thinking about my, um, to be honest, like, quite sucky college experience. Like, I've met great people. I've had great memories. But in terms of, like the actual major that I've been doing. As you know, like, I haven't been the most enthused about yes. it. But, you know, so I've had, like, plenty of hard moments in college and not enjoying them, maybe as I should have. But looking back, I, like, I would just, if you asked me, like, how was your college experience? I'd say really great. Like, because I was thinking, well, I've learned so much from this. Yeah, maybe I'm never, ever going to ever be an engineer in the future because I know I don't want to, but... How much have I learned from that experience of like building grit, like having to work through stuff you don't like, still getting good experiences out of things, meeting people through these majors. I don't know. So um, I think bad moments can still like add up to a valuable like look back, but it won't always feel like it in the moment. Do you think that that was more like if you had majored in something that you actually like turned out to really love mm-hmm. I mean because even now your major is something that you're still yeah. finding things that you like about it every day definitely um but if you majored in something that you really loved from the beginning do you think that you would have gained those skills of like grit and hard work and like 
you know, putting in effort even when you don't see like mm. maybe a point or an outcome that you want. Like, right. do you think you still would have gained those skills somewhere or would you have maybe missed out on that? I'm glad you asked because I mean, I'm sure, well, maybe I would have, but the way I think about it, I don't think I would have because I feel like, um, like part of, part of a lot of what I've learned in college is like very humbling experience to have gone from like really top student in high school and everything. Yeah. Honestly, didn't have to work incredibly hard to mm-hmm. get like top grades or whatever, but come here and it's like, well, I'm working even much harder than I did ever. And still I'm, you know, doing this bad or like not doing great. Yeah. And I think, um, that's taught me a lot. Whereas I imagine if I had gone into something, let's say like, not to undermine English or anything, but, you know, I imagine that would have been a little bit easier for me. Yeah, yeah. And if I had done that, I don't think I would have learned the magnitude of, you know, oh, like putting in the hard work and, um, yeah, still like having to push through things. I would, I think it still would have been like, yeah, of course I'm going to succeed. Yeah. Of course I'm going to do well because I'm good at this. But this has been a very learned, uh, I don't know, I have to apply myself. But I think it kind of goes to what we're saying too about, Proving to yourself what you can do. Because honestly, before coming to college, literally, if you ever told me I'd do engineering or frankly, like STEM, anything, I would have said you're absolutely insane, which you are. (laughs) But (laughs) clearly, like I'm about to, you know, fingers crossed, like get a degree in this. And that shows me like, okay, I'm capable of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that like gives you confidence in a way to like take on other things in life, you know? Yeah. And I feel like, with everything there's always missed opportunities or always things that you like could wish maybe that you'd go back and change if you had another shot or something like that but you know there's like a lot that you don't realize goes into like stuff that even went wrong like I don't know there's just so many skills you gain from it yeah definitely I don't know and that's I'm sure there's so many like lessons that I've missed out from not doing something. I'm yeah. like, oh, but you know what? I will take that that back because I will say uh, this has taught me a lot that I'm so glad I've learned now in college as like a 18, 19, 20-year-old. Yeah. Um, the importance of doing what you love. I think if I had done something that I cared about or was good at, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I could say, oh, I'm glad I did something I liked, but it wouldn't have meant as much to me as it does now to say to people, look freshman in eyes now and be like do something that you care about that means a lot to me and frankly I don't think I would have like even cared so much about doing a passion project like this one if I was like vaguely content every day doing something but (laughs) maybe this is sad but in a way this has like become an escape for me yeah and and it's really taught me the importance of like you have to pursue what you're passionate about because I've seen the good side of it with this project and I've seen the very bad side of it, like Aww. rejecting what I care about, you know. It's just been so crazy because like thinking about freshman year Robin. Oh my gosh. Robin and I took chem <laughs> together freshman year and we were both just sitting there like this is awful. This, this is literally awful. And thinking about that Robin who had like just this mindset of like I'm going into the Air Force, I'm going mm-hmm. into engineering, like that's what I'm going to do I and that's what I'm here for. Versus, like, all of the growth that you've done over the years to get to this point where you have this thing that's just so beautifully creative and just so you in so many ways is just, like, the most crazy development I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Like, especially because engineering is such a difficult major that it's, like, 
If you don't like it already, then I can't even imagine how difficult that must be to go through it. And then to also add on another project on top of these like Uh. crazy (laughs) schedules and stuff. I don't know. I think that's so cool. And it kind of just shows that like where your passion is and where your love for something is will always kind of break through no matter Uh, what. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for saying all that. That's really nice. But I, that's very true. Like I think eventually like things are going to happen where you're going to either be reduced to like, okay, I need to find something that I love or it's just going to break through, like you said. And so it's like, well, if that's going to happen anyways, you might as well like face the music and dance right now. Did I get that phrase right? I don't know. Uh, I like it. Face the music. It sounds right. Do you know what I'm talking about? I know what you mean by it. Yeah. No, but also, and then it's so important to cultivate that passion, you know? Mm -hmm. Like once you realize that you have this thing, like for you also, Mm -hmm. so early on, you like knew that music was like something that started to become more of your life. Mm. That was interesting though, because I always thought I was completely non-musical. Non-musical so till, till last year. Yeah, last okay. year. Well, maybe. Say. Which, and then, but it's like, oh, but if you, and what we're talking about, opening versus closing doors, seeing yeah. what sticks, like, if I had never, like, actually tried it, I never would have known, like, how much I love music. It's not to say, like, wow, I'm amazing at it, but it's something that gives me, yes, an amazing sense of joy. Yeah. And it's a big part of my life, and I never would have known if I didn't try. Seriously. And, like, now it's developed into a whole thing, too, for you. Like, a whole aspect of your personality is that, which is cool. It's a huge part. Yeah. Um, But, so speaking of all this stuff, like, giving you joy, and you've talked about, you know, what kind of scope of work you'd hope to do in the future um like what's next for you I mean this is kind of scary we're at the end of senior year Ew, so or at least like on the other side of the hill yeah um what's next for you and like at least in uh, kind of in the immediate future what do you hope to like where do you hope to be this time next year basically oh my god okay <laughs> that's the scariest question ever um it is, it is a loaded question I don't know I think that I, okay, I've been going back and forth, right? Because I'm like, I could stay here and try to find some sort of job that is like environmentally focused and is something that I want to be doing. Mm-hmm. And I've been looking, but it's jobs just aren't open yet. Mm-hmm. So it really kind of depends what opens up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really interested in like trying out working for a government agency, like oh. specifically like National Park Service yeah, or something. Yeah. I think it would be cool to try that out. Um, but I also really want to go abroad again. Yes, so I'm like yeah. trying to find different stuff. Because if I could get a seasonal job this summer mm-hmm. that's doing something environmentally related and build up some income and then be able to spend like a couple months doing mm-hmm. volunteer stuff in a different country or like there's like an organization called Wolf. It's like you go to an organic farm that's like registered with the whole organization. And mm-hmm. it's been around for a long time. So like it's, they like suss out which are good farms okay. and which aren't. Yes. Um, and you go and you put in work on their farm. So like whatever they need, if they need like sowing seeds or mm-hmm. they need you to like, I don't know, move soil, whatever. Yeah. Like um, you go and do that. And then 
they give you food and they give you board and then oh, wow. you get whatever time you have away from that to go travel or whatever. Oh. So where would you want to go if it was up to you? Like, I could just hand this to you as your oh Christmas gift or something. I don't know. Okay, New Zealand, high up on my oh. list for sure. Oh, my gosh. Um, and then also Ecuador would be really cool. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't mind Italy. You wouldn't <laughs> you mind. <know? laughs> um, and, yeah, like, really, I'm open to a lot of places. There's places that I wouldn't want to go. Like where? Like, for safety reasons. Okay, okay. So, like, random, I don't know. I'm not that scared of any country, really, but, like, I don't know. There's stuff where I'd really have to be confident in the mm. farm that I was going yeah, to yeah. that I'd be like, okay, I'll go there. Is this a long-term thing? Is it it's more totally than, like, depends. a week or two? No, no, it depends. Like, sometimes they're only for, like, a couple days, and sometimes mm. they want you for, like, a month. Wow, okay. Yeah. I think I think that seems like a very cool way to get to travel and I feel like maybe you more than me wouldn't mind like working on a farm. I think I would mind. But <laughs> or oh, or I'd go back to Costa Rica. Probably. Oh yeah. Okay, so back to Costa Rica and for the listeners that's because you were there this last summer. Yes. Um, it was just a study abroad. Like it was like we went to this really cool family farm that our tour guide owns and like we lived there for like a week mm-hmm. and now I just was with some Costa Rica friends last night and we uh, were like what if we went and did wolf down there? So I think and this is so gross and to my podcast so listeners gross. because I keep repeating myself. I like make this my personality. But I will quote myself kind of from my last episode. Uh-oh. I really think that like saying <laughs> saying your dreams out loud, like I think that's like at least sixty percent of the battle. I think, you know, like I don't know, like this podcast started as a joke, right? Or at least I would say it was a joke to people, like, I would never do it. But yeah. Here's what I do. But, you know, now here we are. And so I feel like if you have something you're really passionate about, um, I feel like you should say the things out loud, talk about yeah. it with people, um, because you never know. And if those things happened, like the fact that you're saying, oh, it's so crazy, I don't want to talk about it, that means that it's so crazy that you, if you achieved it, yeah, like that blow your mind, you know? Remember freshman year when I was like, you only need a dog. Yes an apartment near green lake and uh-huh. what was that a car and a car to make seattle like the best place to live and guess who has a seattle apartment has her <laughs> car sometimes has a dog it's like a true dog situation but <laughs> and who walked around green lake this morning <laughs> chloe yes and it's so weird because freshman year that was like my biggest uh-huh. goal yeah and I remember also, like, before college being like, oh, I would love to do, like, do research in Patagonia or something. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so weird how all of that works out. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Ugh. So, yeah. Speak your dreams, people. And I think it's cool that that was, like, the top. Like, that was the high bar, right? Yeah. But now it's like, yeah, of course I have my car. Or, like, of course I have whatever. Um, and then, yeah, sometimes that could go to, oh, I'm taking it for granted. But I yeah. think it's also a positive thing. He's like, okay, now what used to be your highest bar is now, okay, like, you can go on to, like, bigger and better things, and this is almost nothing, like, and so it's just, like, a constant state of growth. and the tree ring. Developing. The tree rings. Okay, before we end, I need you to expound the tree ring philosophy. Okay, this is the (laughs) Chloe Rabinowitz trademark tree ring philosophy. (laughs) Um, that I developed during a conversation with Robin. We always talk really long, and yeah. that's where my best insights come from. Oh. <laughs> um, and 
Okay. Basically, tree rings. Think about, like, your life. Like, you're a tree. Okay. Everyone's a tree in this scenario. Yeah, we get it. I'm an environmental science major. (laughs) But you're a tree, and as you're growing, the rings that you're putting on are, like, the furthest that you think that you can go. Like, they're the furthest bounds Mm -hmm. of your existence. Mm -hmm. And then... Over the years, you keep growing like bigger and bigger and there's more rings added each time. And like, that's where you see how much you've grown over the year. So like you have a goal, like my goal was, you know, to have a car, a dog and an apartment in Seattle. That was my like furthest tree ring. Like that was the furthest that I could get to. But then over time, looking back now, like that was a tree ring that's like so far towards mm-hmm. the inner core of me. And now there's so much more that has been added on my life and has like enriched it in so many ways yeah. that I never saw before. And now I have even bigger goals. Yeah. And, you know, maybe I'll grow into those and then look back at them and be like, wow, that was just a little chapter of my life. Oh, I love it. Yes. But I feel like you could even compartmentalize your life into like multiple trees, right? Like, so mm-hmm. let's say for example, and it's cool because when I'm recording this, this is my furthest tree ring, right? Like with if I have a podcast tree, let's say, yeah, like, okay, maybe my first tree ring was I record my first episode or like I reach a certain amount of plays like from mm-hmm. listeners. Um, and that's kind of where I am right now. But like, yeah. you know, but in the future, I will have bigger so-called tree rings or bigger goals. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't have gotten there without having the initial. Like, I needed that smaller goal. I yeah. needed this, like, baseline. And um, So I think it puts stuff into perspective. And it's really, like, I think it's a beautiful metaphor because it just um, helps you remember, like, you need you need to have the small steps to have like the bigger yeah I don't know, the bigger payoffs and they're all part of you like yeah. looking back on it it's yeah. what made you grow into what was able to yes. get to those further goals like yes. it's just I don't know we're all like trees <laughs> we're all trees we're yeah all trees. I love it okay well Chloe thank you so much for coming on of course you are obviously a big part of my life and this podcast is a big part well of my i'm life, just so. a good friend you know just <laughs> not, not a best you know, friend this interview was a little bit like lacking are you for real <laughs> i didn't make it maybe by season like five you'll be my best friend okay. but not quite. so we're doing seasons see this is all being hashed out it, now it does need time okay it does need time <laughs> <laughs> so much for coming on um loved having you and yeah bye okay bye i listen to myself i swear like, i consider it like a sleep asmr podcast can we cancel robin for that last <laughs> just by the way if you're listening to this obviously you think she's somewhat entertaining mildly only at least i do only because of my bloopers i put in record scratches but otherwise oh. i'm like blah, i'm blah, sure blah. it's the record scratches we can we can we I'm going to keep that on. Oh, great. You're going to be my record scratch every time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Set that as your ringtone. We can make a We can make a Um, no.